0: Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the five-minute clinical consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Ryan, who's 11, and his mother are here today for Ryan's physical. He's due for vaccines and his mother's hearing from her friends that maybe he should wait a bit longer to get the HPV vaccine. You enter the room, try to start discussing how you're going to manage Ryan today. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today to discuss HPV prevention is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Associate Dean of Interprofessional and Community Partnerships at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Graduate School of Nursing. HPV, Jill, what a great topic.
1: I know, Frank. Thank you for having me, and thank you for discussing this, this important topic.
0: All right. So, um... Before we dig in too deep into the new research, just let's do a quick primer. Uh, Can you give me an update about HPV, how common it is and and, and its issues?
1: Sure. The facts are grim. That 75% of our reproductive age population has been exposed to HPV, which is the most common sexually transmitted infection and basically 15% of Americans age 15 to 49 are estimated to be infected. They're actively infected. That is huge.
0: It really is. I mean, when you think about that, that three quarters of the population are being exposed and that one in six are actively infected um, for a condition that we can prevent, it, it seems unreal. So how are we doing in preventing this infection?
1: We're not doing very well, Frank. Uh, it's it's a little bit on the dismal side. We have a ways to go. We can do better. And there's, we always know there's room to improve. So we know that the rates of HPV are increasing uh, and more adolescents are up to date on their HPV vaccinations. In 2017, roughly half, 49% of adolescents were up to date on the HPV vaccine. So 49% have have gotten what they've needed to do for the HPV vaccine. Right. 66% of adolescents only got one dose between the ages of 13 and 17 to start the series. But yet 51% of adolescents have not completed the HPV vaccine series. And and we also know, Frank, this disparity is even higher in rural areas.
0: I, I you know, Jill, um we think about all the things we do for preventative measures. We're wearing masks, um, seat belts. Um, th- there's so many things, clean water. We would be, we would be horrified if, if success was only half. And, and here's a cancer preventing intervention that, that just takes a second of time and it's paid for, and yet we, we can't do better. So what do we know about how we encourage patients to deliver vaccine? What's been studied?
1: There is a, an article that's attached to this podcast and it talks about the way that we recommend vaccine. And this study reported that providers that indicate to their patients that they are due for a vaccine rather than asking them if they want the vaccine makes a very big difference. Indicating that they are due improves the efficiency and the effectiveness, they track this. This can actually, and it also saves time in the visit. What is one thing that providers talk about? Time, I'm behind, I don't have enough time. So if you go in with that style of you are due for this vaccine, rather than talking about it as an elective possibility, you have saved yourself in this study, 41 seconds, but you've also improved the vaccine uh, outcome, meaning that the patient and their parent is actually going to get the vaccine and and be satisfied with that.
0: I mean, I think you know, 41 seconds sounds trivial, but it's not. And if if you ask, hey, you know, he's due for this HPV vaccine. Is it OK if we give it to him today? That That opens the doors to lots of questions, which is good. But it does add a delay if you say he's due for the HPV vaccine and the the parent or the child says, well, what's that for? You, you can still go into it. But if they're knowledgeable about it and feel comfortable about it, uh, they'll be fine. So I, I like the fact that we're being much more, much, much more direct in how we approach it. Um, so um, these vaccines, how good are they?
1: These vaccines are very good. They are tracked at preventing cervical cancer 100% of the time. I also just have to talk about the protective factor of the HPV vaccine. It, there are nine genotypes that the, that the HPV vaccine will, will prevent. There are a slew of HPV genotypes, but the ones that they know that cause cancer are targeted by these vaccines. So we know cervical cancer, um, uh, genital warts, uh, penile cancer, um, head and neck cancers. This vaccine is having more and more use in patients that are older. I mean, at first when it came out, it was adolescents. And then it went all the way, it added males, went all the way up to age 26. And beyond the age of 26 in males, it can be used up until age 45 in some cases.
0: I, I know our friends in otolaryngology are very excited about this vaccine because they're seeing more and more head and neck cancers related to HPV. So we need to sort of get away from, oh, it's, you know, sexual. It's not just sexual. It's it's a disease that can affect both your reproductive organs and your head and neck. And and uh, we, we, we have to, we we as providers need to be more comfortable and open. With talking to our patients about maybe transmission through oral sex or anorectal sex, so we 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 have a lot to go on here, and we have a great tool to prevent it. Any other thoughts about um, the HPV vaccine and uh, its benefits?
1: Well, I want to talk about the myths that usually bring parents in with their their adolescents and the reasons that they they are hesitant to offer the vaccine to their to their their children, Um, I mean, there is, you know, one myth is that it's not safe. Well, that's been proven time and time again. It's a very safe vaccine. It's been researched for many years and including at least 10 years of research before it could even be used in humans. So it's very safe. Myth two can lead to infertility. These claims have been, um, you know, a recent study of over 200,000 women, there's no association between HPV and infertility. The third myth is that it's not effective at preventing cervical cancer. The studies show it can prevent 100% of cervical cancer from occurring. The fourth is that only girls need to get HPV vaccine and men and boys don't need it. We know that that's, you know, also been proven that it's a fact that people should get it up to age 26, including males and even beyond that it doesn't, number six, it doesn't prevent against enough strains of HPV to be worth getting. It protects against nine strains. And yes, when it started out, there was only two, but now we're up to nine, and I'm sure that that's going to grow. It will, uh, you know, it's been linked to genital wart cases, anal cancers, cervical cancers, and it has anywhere, it's highly protective to prevent um, and to help prevent genital warts and cancers overall. And lastly, that HPV is uncommon and that you're unlikely to be infected. So there's no need to get the vaccine. The genital HPV infection is the most common sexually transmitted infection and there's over 14 million new infections each year. It's so common that nearly every male and female will be infected with at least one type of HPV at least once in their lifetime.
0: Well, Jill, um, HPV vaccine is life-saving, it's cancer-preventing, it's safe and effective. Um, we just need to do a better job of focusing on how we communicate that to our patients and our young adolescents. Thanks so much.
1: You're welcome, Frank. And remember, as a provider, make checking their vaccine record a, a habit for every visit they come in with. And that if they're behind in any vaccination, that you know that before they come in and you train, you know, the staff you work with, your team to use every opportunity to vaccinate. Thanks. Thank you, Frank.
0: Practice pointer. When discussing vaccinations with your adolescent patients, be direct, tell them they're due for their HPV vaccine rather than ask to improve vaccination rates. Join us next time when we discuss the role of aspirin in the prevention of colorectal cancer. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.